This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome, oh yeah, to This Week in Bitcoin, a very special edition of it. <laughs> Today is August the 16th, 2019. Strong hand. One Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin. Value your wealth in Bitcoin. Offended by selling. Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. Unconfiscatable. Holder of last resort. Here he is, the real <laughs> holder of last resort. Trace Mayer, welcome to the show. Oh man, glad to be here. We're having some fun, aren't we? Oh yeah, baby. <laughs> I, I'm on fire. Well, welcome back to the show. You were on exactly nine months ago. And oh wow, the world has changed, but it's, it's always changing, baby. We're living in the golden age. Now, the last time that you were on the show. Gold, gold, golden age, huh? Uh, Look at those things. Uh-oh, wait uh, a second. Wait a second. This was wait. totally unplanned. Totally. <laughs> What's up with this gold? So, okay, I, I was going to bring up the price last time, but let's just jump into the gold thing now. Let's just jump in. We're doing it impromptu. A lot of people are panicking. The big news this week is the stock market is falling apart. The world is falling apart. You still believe in that relic there. Oh, well, it's in my hand. How can I not? It's, uh, it's corporeal, right? Okay. Instead of our magic internet money. Yes. But yeah, I mean, yeah, you're, you're hitting on some major uh, themes that are going on right now. We just had an inversion of the yield curve. We've got like $18 trillion of negative yielding debt, which is insane when you stop and think about it. And then like one of these economists has the audacity to say, oh, we've had a change in time preference because of life expectancies. And so people just want to save. And so they're willing to get less stuff, less euros in the future for letting you borrow money from them. Like what type of insanity is that? Like why, why don't we just vault physical euros? Like we can vault physical gold, right? Yes. And except the gold, you have to dig this stuff out of the ground. Just like with Bitcoin, you've got to dig a precious number out of a bunch of hashes. So, you know, the world is insane, getting more insane with these uh, negative yielding rates and something's got to give. And the gold price, look at the gold price. All right. You know? So I, I am looking at the gold price and a lot of people are happy about that, Peter Schiff included. And uh, he, you sound like him for a second, you know, saying that you could hold it actually. And I'm sure a lot of people are getting off right now. There you go. They're saying, Meister, he knows. You can hold it. You can't touch the Bitcoin, Adam. But is this, <laughs> is the situation now temporary or the beginning of the end? Are you a doomer? What's, what's, what's going on? Because, I, I, and I want to point out also, the Bitcoin price, this, at least this week, has not, it has gone down. So one would expect, if we're in such a catastrophic period, uh, the beginning of one, that the Bitcoin price would go up. Yeah, well, I mean, I wrote a book over a decade ago, The Great Credit Contraction. Yeah, you, like if you go back and listen to my archives, uh, you know, on my podcast, <laughs> the first hundred episodes are all run to gold episodes. Yes, I right? know. I actually, I actually checked that out. I was like, whoa, he's got some old ones here. And then you, you mentioned Bitcoin very early on too. But I give you, but continue, continue. About. Yeah, but you know, I mean, that's kind of you know, so. I, I was a gold bug before Bitcoin existed, yes. just yes. like Satoshi, right? Just like Satoshi was. And you can see that from Satoshi's birthday because on one of, the, uh, one of the websites he put in for his birthday and, and we were able to actually figure it out, it was uh, the, same, the same day when Executive Order 6102 was issued in the same year that gold got re-legalized. That's his birthday. So he, he bookended his birthday with a, you know, a message about gold. You know, he put in the Genesis block, like Chancellor on the brink of bailouts, uh, second bailouts, right? So, like, this issue of, like, people being able to get bailed out for their bad mistakes. <laughs> Bitcoin's on the scene now, buddy. And so is and so's gold. And, and, they're, and they're great educators because they don't let people get bailed out. You know, like, it's just, it's just going to be how it is. And, and the losses are going to get taken by people and the gains are going to accrue to other people. And, you know, this idea that Bitcoin's down or whatever, like look at the mayor multiple. It's at a, about $7,000. So like Bitcoin's not down, like Bitcoin's 10,000 10, bucks. It's, it's well over the 200-day the moving average. So it's, you know, it's definitely in a bullish trend. Uh, do we have corrections here and there? Yeah. Uh, of course we do, 
But, uh, like, this next bull market could blow your hair back. We haven't even got to the happening yet. Oh, yeah. Right? Haven't even got to the happening. No, no. <laughs> Blowing my hair back would take a lot, too, baby. Anyway, so Bitcoin.kn. <laughs> if you want to, that, first of all, Trace is linked to below, but all his podcasts, including these ancient ones, Bitcoin.kn, you can see that he has been a gold and holder uh, since the very beginning, since his youth. And he shows that, hey, you know, the gold people, the Bitcoin people, they can get along. Uh, and they are one in the same in, in, his, uh, in his embodiment there. But yeah, well, well, and, and the, re the reason for that is when, if you go read the Great Credit Contraction, which got published the same week that the Bitcoin network got released, right? And in there, I say that the Great Credit Contraction has started and you have this liquidity pyramid and capital burrows down the, the pyramid into safer, more liquid assets. And guess what? Gold in your hot little hand, that's, that, that was the answer when I published the book, yes. right? Yes. And, but now Bitcoin is like, well, hey, maybe I'm an answer instead because I'm extensible and even more limited in amount than the gold is. And so, you know, now we're seeing this struggle between Bitcoin, gold, and all these fiat currencies. And how's it going to play out? You know, what, what you going to do? You're going to get some Bitcoin just in case it becomes something? As Satoshi says, it might just become a self-fulfilling prophecy as a world reserve settlement currency with these seven network effects. I, I want to get to the bottom of this with a very uh, simple question. Which one has a better chance of 10xing, Bitcoin or gold? Oh, I mean, you would have to take gold from like 7 trillion to 70 trillion. Yeah. And you only have to take Bitcoin from, a, from 10 grand to 100 grand, yeah. from, two, from 200 billion to, to 2 trillion. You know, and, and two trillions, like, that's, that's like pocket change for what the Fed does, right? Yeah. I mean, we got, we got 30 trillion in offshore bank accounts, so 90 if, trillion in, in fiat currency instruments alone, not counting bond markets. If, so if you're a 25-year-old kid, I mean, the choice is obvious. I, I don't see too many 25-year-olds getting into gold, is, is, is what I'm saying here. Well, um, well I mean, gold... I don't know. Gold's got a monetary premium to it, which if it can't compete against Bitcoin uh, for that use case, you know, that, that capital will likely bleed into, bleed into Bitcoin from gold. Yes. You know, because, because there's, there's one to rule them all. <laughs> yeah, it's Apex Predator. The Apex. It's, yeah, exactly. Apex <laughs> Predator. That's, Apex Predator. That's a quote from Trace Mayer from last show. <laughs> and that is linked to below, of course. November, of course, all of you know the date of that show. It was November the 15th, 2018. Now, since November the 15th, 2018, a lot has happened. You, I, I believe on that show, you talked about your proof of keys concept. I, I think you did by that point. But you did, you came up with proof of keys, I would say, pretty last minute compared to when it actually occurred, which was January 3rd of 2019 we're going to have another proof of keys january 3rd 2020 correct yeah yeah of course this is now an annual celebration that i started uh and you know i didn't want to shake the the ecosystem too much right because like it, it's kind of scary you're gonna have a global coordinated bank run on an asset strictly limited in amount with no lender or last resort like, you know, this could, this could introduce a little bit of uncertainty. And actually, people like Andreas, you know, they, they were like, maybe we shouldn't do this because it might actually be successful and have an impact, right? And I find it very interesting. Like, so I put the tweet out December 9th. Proof of Keys is January 3rd on the anniversary date. So less than a month. Within a week of me putting the tweet out, they got 100,000 views on the video within 48 hours. Within, within a week of that, Coinbase moves 850,000 Bitcoin on the blockchain just to let people know that they've got access and control to the keys, right? They're like, oh, yeah, don't bankrun on us, please. <laughs> um, then Gerald Cotton, the former CEO of Quadriga CX, meets with his attorney and drafts a will and then conveniently dies the next week in India where death certificates are pretty cheap to buy. And for some reason, his body got taken from the hospital back to the hotel. I mean, just weird shenanigans going on. And, and so Quadriga CX fails. 
and doesn't, you know, and there, there's hundreds of millions of dollars of customer assets gone. Uh, and then we get all of this, this Tether, Bitfinex stuff. Like, you know, maybe proof of keys had a little bit of an impact, even though we only had less than a month to uh, get, get everything all put together with it. And, and that is my point for bringing it up right now in August. So, in fact, you did not bring it up on my show last time. You waited until even December to bring it up. And it did cause a little bit of havoc, as you said. So, let's, what's the plan this time around? How are you going to spread the word? I mean, we're spreading the word right now. But everybody oh, yeah. out there, first of all, the, the concept is get your Bitcoin off these freaking exchanges. That's a simple concept. But, but continue. How are you going to spread it this time? Yeah, I mean, proofofkeys.com. We have a little countdown timer on there. Uh, you know, probably maybe two or three months before it starts, we're going to start, uh, you know, talking on a bunch of the different shows and everything. I mean, I only went on a few shows at last minute. I had other stuff scheduled. Um, so I, I really wasn't able to make that much of an impact. I mean, maybe half a million to a million views on videos and stuff talking about it, plus what a, a few other people did. Um, but yeah, this, this next time around, uh, I think it could be a lot bigger because we saw that like it wasn't the end of the world for everybody. No. It was just the end of the world for somebody's yeah, like Quadriga CX. <laughs> I think if it's done correctly this time, it's going to be very clear. Some, some are going to get brought down. If enough people do the right thing, it's very simple why anyone's even keeping messing around with these exchanges. And, you know, speaking, first of all, the exchanges give all your information to the IRS. They're not lying. I mean, they, they tell you they're going to do that. And you might have noticed that there are a lot of people in panic mode because the IRS is sending out letters. I mean, what, what did they expect? What, what did these, that's what I'm, I'm wondering here. I mean, you got a new, well, yeah. I, I mean, that, that's a different issue. And like, I wrote a big nasty check to the IRS, well, to the treasury for uh, paying my taxes because uh, I don't want any problems in that department. Um, but, you know, what I'd be more worried about, you know, because the, the exchanges are just operating in accordance with law. They, they have to do, like, they, they're coerced. They have to do that. Um, but what I'd be more worried about is they're a giant honeypot of ID theft documents, you know? And, and as we saw with Quadriga CX, like, the identity thieves were the ones running the exchange. I mean, he was a convicted ID thief, like, from 10 years ago. Like, and everybody's sending all the documents that, that he needs in order to steal their identities. Uh, so, you know, I don't like the third party, uh, the third parties for that reason. Like, why do they, like, I don't want to share that, that data or information unless they have a need to know. And I don't really find, like, you know, AML, KYC compliance a legitimate need to know. Uh, but that's a political opinion, right? And, and, be, and, and it is what it is. So if we're going to interact uh, with third parties, and you know, I think we should be complying with that stuff. Um, but I don't feel that it's uh, I don't feel that it's a moral law or anything. Well, let, let's uh, say you, you said if we are interacting with these third parties that require this stuff, uh, what's what's your take on BISC and these decentralized exchanges? Do you see 2020 <laughs> them getting a little easier or more of them existing? Yeah, I mean, I I guess I just don't have enough experience with them to kind of know what's going on or how safe and secure they are. I don't use, I don't, I don't use them personally. Um, there's just really not the size, you know, like when I want, when I want to uh, sell some Bitcoin cash, which is the, the real Bitcoin, right. Uh, <laughs> to fund lifestyle or whatever, to buy, buy a new, uh, buy a new skateboard or something. Um. <laughs> We're going to talk about actually, you brought up Bcash last time. I don't like talking about Bcash, but people get a kick out of you bringing up Bcash. They, they really enjoy you uh, talking about the situation over there. Uh, <laughs> talked about it last well, time. You, you were ripping Bcash a new one. Now you're, you're skateboarding boarding on top of them. Um, uh, and they, they actually got forked off of since the last time uh, we spoke. Uh, go on, go on. <laughs> Please, sh share your Bcash thoughts. The yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I think the price pretty much says it all. <laughs> and, and the price is, uh, I think, being kept up by people who are uh, buyers of last resort of Bcash. And so I'm not sure you want to be one of those. <laughs> it might be a bad idea. <laughs> I wanted to bring up Bcash and, uh, 
you know, behind these forks uh, of, uh, of Bitcoin uh, or a fork of a fork of Bitcoin, because there's their Bcash got yeah, yeah, Bitcoin um, SV or whatever. Yeah, whatever it's called. Who knows what it's called? Um, there, there's so much drama and people seem to love these centralized leaders, these cultish things. It's a crypto cult here, man. Um, you heard of Veritasium, right? Did you, did you hear about that ICO? Oh, um, oh yeah. I had, I had, I had interviewed Reggie on my podcast years ago and uh, it looks like the SEC is running after him. So well, that, this is the thing. People love Veritasium so much because the cult around it, the cult around this one person, I don't. And that's, I think why they like these other, um, I'm not going to even say their names, these, these forks of Bitcoin. It, it's just a very interesting trait in, in people. Um, what, why Veritasium well, even had to ICO is beyond my comprehension, by the way. Uh, well, because they needed to line Reggie's pockets is why they needed to ICO. But, uh, you know, like, I don't know if you saw the, the right uh, motion hearing that just got ruled on, but the federal judge, this is what he wrote. He said, in weighing the evidence, the court simply does not find the defendant's testimony to be credible. As for the remaining extrinsic evidence, none of the evidence demonstrates additional membership in WK other than Dave Kleinman. <laughs> so basically, the, the federal judge is saying that Craig Wright's full of a bunch of BS, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Yeah. Um, and until the judge decides, like, hey, guess what? Perjury is a criminal offense with jail time, right? Like, you, like it's not a good idea to make a mockery of of a federal judge. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, some people uh, think they can get away with. I, you know, I don't need. That's part of the drama there. That's part of the drama. And people, Trace just gave a great summary of what's going on over in that coin. That's really all you guys. There's so much noise out there. And there, there's the summary. No one has to argue about it or anything like that. Because you got to focus on keeping your hands strong on the real thing. You don't get distracted by all of these things. And last time you were on, Bitcoin was around, and this is how I was gonna to start to show, pound that like button, people, by the way. Uh, uh, the, the, the price of Bitcoin had just fallen, I think, under 5,800, and we were a few days from it actually, it was gonna to fall to 3,000, and you were like, bring it on, I would love if it fell to 3,000, so I can buy up more. Because again, you, you oh God, the internet connection is unstable, it says. Can you hear me all right there, Trace? Yeah, I can hear you. It only seems to get unstable when you get too loud. So wow. Maybe well, calm yourself down. Dude, that's <laughs> asking, that is asking a lot of me to calm myself down when I'm talking Bitcoin with Trace Bear. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, no, so you, you, you said last time, bring on 3,000, that you would, you would be a buyer at 3,000. And sure enough, it dropped to 3,000. But now it's just past history. I mean, look, at guys, it, just, it was just a flash in the pan. But so many yeah, people. Yeah. And th this this stuff is not very difficult. Uh, I actually I actually put out a tweet about the mayor multiple and and that time frame because uh, in December 2018 on Ledger X I bought uh, June 2020 5K calls. So I I paid fifteen hundred dollars uh, per contract, anywhere between eleven hundred and fifteen hundred per contract. They're they're five thousand dollars in the money right now. Plus, they've got about a, a little under a year left till expiration. And so, you know, in terms of Bitcoin, I'm actually up th something like 3.2x better buying the calls than, than just holding Bitcoin itself. So, hey, you know, you look at that mayor multiple, it helps you ring the bell, baby. Helps you ring the bell. All right, baby. Hey, man. And again, people, you don't have to get as complex as Trace right there. All you had to do was just buy Bitcoin and, and hang on to it. I mean, he oh, does. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or, or, or even, you know, on Ledger X. I mean, Ledger X, is, I, they have got a great product because instead of buying Bitcoin at the spot price, you sell somebody a put, con a put contract. And so then you buy Bitcoin lower than the spot price or you just keep the option premium. And then you turn around and sell the covered calls or you buy the covered calls, right? So like, uh, I mean, these derivative markets that are building on top of Bitcoin, I think they're going to be very instrumental and important for the sixth network effect of financialization leading into the seventh network effect of world reserve settlement currency. Uh, you really think it's going to get to that seventh level? That it's, it's going to become the 
<laughs> the settlement, the world reserve settlement currency. Uh, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't, for me, it doesn't have to get that to that point to be a huge success. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's, it's a gigantic success only with the first network effect of speculation. You know, I mean, we got seven of these things and they all exponentially reinforce each other. And Bitcoin actually will be so much more than just the world reserve settlement currency. Right. It's going to it's going to be a whole lot more in terms of the extensibility and whatnot. But those are just the the five, the seven network effects that make it easy for people to kind of follow my chain of reasoning and logic uh, for for why Bitcoin is going where it's going. And you still want to own gold. I mean, it's just, I, I don't see, I don't see the point to own gold when we, we're on this exciting age, this exciting. OK, so you can you can have it in your hand. I guess. Yeah, but but like, man, you you just feel this stuff. It's raw power in your hand. Like gold, this stuff's. I like to pet it. Like you gotta pet that gold, man. It's just raw power. You know, that's like half. That's like half a pound of gold right there. You know, try try holding like ten or twenty pounds of it in your hands. I actually, I at one point, I'd like to like hold one of my trezors. I had it in a leather a leather case. And I, I named I named it um, Ted DiBiase. It's named Ted DiBiase, actually. My, uh, my mine's R two D two. Okay, <laughs> but now, now he's got you know I, there's I was more than I've got all sorts of storage devices. But Trezor was the first one that I got the leather case pedit and everything. But again, gold. I guess it's, I've never really uh, tried that out with gold. I don't have any gold coins like that. And felt felt the power of the strong hand on the gold. Uh, You've got a lot of people, there are a lot of people that watch this video who are like, oh, look, Adam's getting convinced now. <laughs> well, it, it's, it's a, you know, physical objects have an ability to focus our, our thoughts and our intentions. And so if you, if you use that, you know, there, there's a reason that wars have been fought over gold, you know, over the physical metal. It just has this allure and this power. Uh, that comes with it. And so, you know, that's, that's kind of the reason I like to, I like to have and hold it, you know, just with a, a very small part of the portfolio, maybe what's equal to your passive monthly cash flow, uh, you know, and then you acquire more gold as you have more ma uh, monthly passive cash flow. And if you're selling covered calls on Ledger X and selling puts, you're able to generate a whole bunch of cash flow, you know, on your Bitcoin. I, I had no idea he was going to bring gold to the show. You never know what you're going to get. I never had a dude on the show, a guest on the show flip around tons of gold there. Uh, this is this is a new one, and you are getting some of the uh, old school golden holders here. Are like he's showing Adam what it's about, dude. Uh, no, I mean, I mean, I'm for for real. Like, put ten pounds of physical gold in your hand and see how that feels for real. Like, it's it's pretty dang cool. Like. <laughs> You know, I mean, you can't really hold your Bitcoin like that. You know, I mean, like it because it's digital, it's just data. But like, there's something just visceral that's like built into our DNA when it comes to the gold. So, uh, you know, right. hold to hold some of that stuff. I'm gonna have to try to get a, a experiment. Maybe someone can lend me their gold, and I can like physically. No, 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 no. You gotta own it. You gotta own it outright, just like you own your Bitcoin outright. You know, so. And one of these is like fifteen hundred bucks. It's not that much money, you know. It's like it's like five B caches. <laughs> All right, now okay, good transition. To, good transition to altcoins because I did want to ask you about Bitcoin dominance increasing, despite the fact that people keep on making new altcoins and everything. Uh, that since the last time you were on, the Bitcoin dominance has increased. It got it got really close to seventy percent at, at one point. Um, there it is. Internet connection is unstable again, which is lovely. I hope you can hear me. Um, yeah, but, my, 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 my internet's fiber, so I don't know. might be on your end. Yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> on my end here. Tel, Tel Aviv, that's what's, that's where I'm at tonight. But, uh, you know, what's your take on, uh, on Bitcoin dominance is, uh, are we going to see an increase? What's the future of these altcoins? Whoo, that's a, that's a big question, isn't it? I mean, I, I don't personally, I don't like the, the dominance index because that's just looking at market cap. And I want to know what, what's the real liquidity there? You know, what's the real liquidity? Can I sell? How long is it going to take me to sell a million B caches <laughs> without moving the market? I mean, Bitcoin, you can, you can easily sell five, $10 million of Bitcoin and not have much slippage, but you try to sell 
$50,000 of Bcash and you start getting slippage. So, you know, I like looking more at that. I think there's a website for it, coinmarketbook.cc. Uh, it helps you see like how far above or below you would move the market based on the order books. Um, but overall, I mean, I think Ethereum, I think Ripple, I think Bcash, all of them are, they're sure struggling against, against keeping up with Bitcoin. Uh, which is surprising because they already have smaller market caps. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, and a lot less liquidity. Well, yeah, and I, I let's, let's ignore the whole uh, dominance, that, that, that measurement. What is obvious is that some people out there are, are throwing in the towel on these top tier altcoins. And it, some, some Bitcoin maximists are, are celebrating saying, this is the end. It, it's the end of... Ethereum. It's the, it's the beginning of the end of Bcash. For me, I think they've got more gimmicks to pull out. And just what I said before, there's, there's cults of personalities out there around some of these uh, oh. leaders, around Vitalik. I mean, he can, yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I mean, for me, it's such a waste to even play in there, but it, we have to bring up this topic because it's a, it's, it's something that we yeah, do. I, I mean, I, I don't, I personally, I don't have any problem with it or making money off of it. You know, that's one of the reasons I invested in Kraken because, you know, these, these, all these coins have speculation network effects and then people are going to trade them against each other. And uh, like people who calculate correctly are going to have profits. The people who don't are going to have losses. Either way, you're going to pay a fee to the exchange to trade them. <laughs> and so like my Kraken shares have actually outperformed my Bitcoin significantly by a factor of like, you know, seven or eight X. So, uh, you know, but you were you were an early investor in Kraken. I mean, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. I helped lead the seed round. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you so, took tremendous risk. Uh, I mean, there was yeah, yeah. No, for real, like <laughs> yeah, for real, like investing in these startups. There's lack of liquidity. There's a lot of risk. Um, but you know, we're talking seventy seven hundred dollar Bitcoin at the time. Thirty five, you know, ten thousand dollar Bitcoin now. Seventeen cents a share to nineteen eighty four a share. So hundred x in USD. Uh, you know, about 8x in Bitcoin. Now you were, again, I just want to put this uh, in, in perspective. You're, you're an accredited investor and everything. So regular people could not have gotten into that. Uh, into that. And, and what I tell people is if you get into Bitcoin, it's as if you got into the pre-IPO for Facebook that you, you could never have gotten into. I mean, the, the, the Bitcoin opportunity is tremendous. The opportunity that you had with Kraken, it was huge huge risk there and uh just oh yeah i mean like and risk adjusted you know maybe it maybe it would have made sense to just stay, stay in my bitcoin you know i i definitely understand that argument yeah most, um, most of the time you hear all these people still investing in lots of bitcoin and crypto related companies and most of the time i would say 99 percent of the time it would probably be we'll see over the long term it'd probably be better oh just yeah buy bitcoin. i mean I mean, go, go look at the archives of my podcast. I only interview the top people in Bitcoin and a bunch of the people I've interviewed on my podcast are gone from the scene. Yes. You yes. know, so I mean that when you own Bitcoin, you own, it's like you own a, a, a piece of an ETF over the entire ecosystem. Uh, so, you know, it definitely helps d distribute the risk uh, a whole lot wider and, uh, yeah, I mean, just owning Bitcoin as opposed to the startup shares, like, I think that's a good idea. If you're going to go the startup route, like, become a founder, you know, become an entrepreneur, invest in yourself and like, uh, build your own business. You know, that's, that's what I'd kind of say, build your YouTube channel, build, like, whatever it is, like, you know, build that, um, that you have control over. Be in motion, people. Lots of opportunity in the space, but one of the easiest opportunities is just buy and hold Bitcoin and pound that freaking like button. All right, let's talk about Wyoming. You're going to be speaking in Wyoming, aren't you, at there in September? Is this correct? Yes, yes. Going to the Wyoming Hackathon. Uh, Max Kaiser will be there. Caitlin Long, Jesse Powell uh, from Kraken. You know, bunch of bunch of players. Caitlin has just been a superstar with getting these laws passed that are absolutely foundational for this in for this industry. And uh, I don't think people un, un, fully understand or comprehend the ramifications of the laws either, uh, which means that the companies that are availing themselves of those laws are going to have a huge competitive advantage over those that don't. Um, so it's going to be exciting. You know, the, the hackathon will be exciting. 
uh, come learn. You get to talk with people who are there. Representative Lindholm, the House Majority Whip, he's going to be there. Wouldn't surprise me if a lot of other political leadership, whether it's the Senate or the House or the governor's office or governor himself might yes. show up. You know, it's he tweeted out that the govern the governor himself actually had a proclamation about cryptocurrency or something like that. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, they they want this industry, you know, okay. it's for real. Uh, and I, I believe it. I, I hope it is a huge event. And it call I just it needs more. More people need to find out about this. You, you're saying that there are incredible opportunities here for the businesses that take advantage of it. Um, it will it pay off. Do you think businesses will get their acts together and flock there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that some will. I mean, SF-125 creates a, a, a special purpose depository bank, a bank, a fully regulated bank that can custody digital assets. Like, it's a bank, okay? If I didn't make myself clear. And, and the banking commissioner is, is on board with getting these bank charters approved and issued to companies and, and, and entrepreneurs that are going to be operating in a way that uh, regulated banks uh, need to be operated. And so, I mean, this is incredibly exciting. It's huge, huge uh, advancement that's taking place. You know, no, none of this like shady Binance, like based out of wherever, like no audited financials. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's a regulated bank with a banking commissioner and audited financial statements and, and legal rights determining who owns the Bitcoins and who owns the forks of the Bitcoins. You know, like you have, you have legal right to this stuff. You know, so you can think of it like, you know, Bitcoin and Armory and, and, and a Purism laptop, that's the technical fortress and now we're layering on a legal fortress around the technical fortress because we want property rights. We want trustable third parties that, that aren't going to, you know, uh, holding, holding assets and you become an unsecured general creditor. Like none of that. I mean, this is going to be totally clear who actually owns what in Wyoming and then who can do what with those assets. You know, one of the sentences that I helped draft you can't rehypothecate the digital assets period you know like there there's no question mark and there's no like trusting their the the word of the president and ceo or founder of the company it's no if he rehypothecates the assets he goes to jail yeah. like because your property rights are, are are respected and defined in wyoming and the wyoming supreme court they upheld a criminal conviction for someone who is rehypothecating diamonds. They upheld a felony conviction, a fraud conviction. So like, you know, you wanna be a legit company that like, think about if, if a hodler of last resort could craft laws, what laws would you wanna see crafted? That's what we've tried to do in Wyoming. Wow. You know, I, I, want, I want my, I want, I want it to be very clear that the, the who owns Bitcoin, like and property rights. Like I, I want to know absolutely that I have clear legal title to to any Bitcoins, so that there's not an attack surface or attack vector for a lawyer. You know, that's that another another one of my ideas that's now law in Wyoming is a two-year lien cleansing of UCC liens. So if your Bitcoins go through Wyoming. And, and we've tried to make it as broad as possible to have that nexus between you and Wyoming. So if you just physically carry the laptop with your private keys through Wyoming, we've tried to create a nexus there to start pulling the two-year lien cleansing provision, you know, and then any liens on those Bitcoins get cleansed by statute. You know, there's no arguing in a, in a, in a, in a bankruptcy court about like you having superior right to Bank of America who had an all asset lien on the coffee shop that, that sold the Bitcoins to Coinbase who then sold them to you, right? Because like a bona fide purchaser can have inferior property rights under the UCC. And that's how a lot of the, the property rights are determined in a lot of the states. You know, so we had to we had to map on to the UCC a whole taxonomy of the digital assets, and then we put in the lien 
cleansing provision and all this stuff because I want clear title to the Bitcoins. I want a technical fortress and I want a legal fortress. You know, and then then you can't like ha who's going to attack those Bitcoins like be, because, you know, people are like, oh, we don't have to worry about it like this UCC issue and these, this lien issue. Well, I tell you what, if Bitcoin goes to a million dollars a coin in a couple of years, there are going to be a whole bunch of attorneys that are going to be like, oh, my gosh, like maybe I can hack this person's Bitcoins through the legal system because they don't have clear title to them because they bought them from Coinbase and they didn't go through a Wyoming custodian and get lien cleansed. Dude. Right? Yeah. I, 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 this is, this is going to save some people if they do the lean cleansing process through Wyoming, but, uh, that's, uh, that's up to each individual. Well, to yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying like, would you rather have your Bitcoins that have been cleaned with a, with a lean cleansing provision by statute or ones that, that you don't necessarily know you have clear title to? Well, obviously number one. <laughs> well, yeah, because, because when you don't get clear title, there's an attack surface and an attack vector there, you know, and, and, and we're, we're, we're talking in legal, all, this is all legal terms here. In the end of the day, because people are going to say, well, wait a second, you, you say it's, you yell about unconfiscatable all the time, Adam. Well, I mean, if you do have control of your private key, I mean, they can't take it from you. I mean, that's the bottom line. Um, I guess they could issue liens against it. And uh, no, I, I, I don't think you understand. If they have you, they have your Bitcoin. Look okay. at Ross Albrecht. Yeah, yeah, there. That, okay. that's, that, yes, that side and, of the situation you're... Yeah. Okay, but then look at the offshore asset protection trust cases. There was one guy, he wired money to an off offshore asset protection trust. The judge was like, hey, you need to wire that money back. He's in bankruptcy court. The, the guy's like, I don't have the power to do that as a trustee of the trust. The judge didn't believe him and felt that he had the keys uh, to be able to, to get the money wired back. So you know what the judge did? He used Section 526 of the bankruptcy code to hold the guy in contempt of court, threw him in jail. He couldn't challenge his detention. He sat there for 14 years until a new judge got assigned the case because the previous one retired and the new judge was like, well, I don't think it has a coercive effect, has any, any power, so I'm gonna let you out because I just feel like being charitable today. You know, so, I, and, and I mean, the law doesn't care that you feel that you have superior title to the Bitcoin because you paid cash on the barrelhead to Coinbase for it. Law doesn't care. Like if, if, there, if someone else has superior title and Coinbase didn't have clean title to sell to you in the first place, guess what? You got to give, give it to the person who's got clear title or they're going to like get you and put you in the pokey, right? Yeah. So because you don't have legal right to it. And, 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 and the Bitcoin network and the legal system are totally bifurcated networks. They're totally bifurcated systems. Neither recognizes each other, right? Yes. And so, like, they both are claiming sovereignty. And one is claiming sovereignty over the Bitcoins, you know, by saying, hey, you have to be able to sign a transaction with a private key. And the other is claiming sovereignty over you and over defining the property rights that are around the Bitcoins. So, like, you know, having, having laws that are drafted to protect hodlers I think that's a very important thing to do. And, and, and why not avail yourself of those laws if you can? Yes, this is a very good point. Thank you, Trace Mayer and uh, Caitlin, for uh, putting this opportunity out there in, in the state of Wyoming uh, to avoid such nightmarish-like situations. And you, you really laid it down nicely there that the, the legal system and the Bitcoin system, they're bifurcated. They're not, they're not the same. They're, not, they're totally separate. Yeah, they're totally I separate. Mean it, like, it's just, that's just the way it works. Like, you know, I'm very pragmatic. I don't want to have any problems in this area. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to try to, you know, I, I've already started tolling the statute of limitations uh, under that law, right? So if anybody tried to, tried to penetrate my legal fortress and then my technical fortress to try and get the Bitcoins, like, you know, I got a massive, massive shield there. You know, more, I have more than just the technical. I've also got the legal. Yes. You know, I want as much protection as possible.
you know, so why not have both? There you go. That I, I think it's good. I don't want anybody to be super scared because of what Trace just said, though, guys. Don't just uh, don't, they're not coming for your Bitcoin well, yet, people. <laughs> well, well, if if you're prepared, what do you have to be? Exactly. What do you have to be scared of? But like, if you're if you're going to procrastinate and and keep using the web wallet, right? <laughs> Instead of figuring out how to properly secure your coins, I mean, like you you need to properly secure your coins physically and digitally and cybersecurity and legally. Legal. You know, you gotta. You, you, you know, things like the Wyoming Asset Protection Trust and the Nevada Asset Protection Trust and then uh, using, using these lean, lean cleansing provisions and, and stuff like that. I mean, all this stuff is very important to start tolling statutes of limitation so that you're in safe harbors. You know, safe harbors are where you want to be, where you're protected by default and by statute. Yeah, well, thank, thank you, Wyoming. And uh, let's, uh, I'm going to keep on covering this. I'll get Caitlin back on the show again, of course. Now, I want to, you mentioned the word bank. You, you said they're, they're going to have their own bank there. That's going to transition us into another topic because there's some people that think Facebook wants to be its own bank now <laughs> with, with, with Libra. Uh, do you think they're going to be able to pull Libra off? Uh, I mean, they got lots of resources behind them, but Libra is nothing like uh, Bitcoin or this digital currency. So, like, I just don't find it very interesting. Um, but, but when we're talking about the Wyoming banks for these digital assets, like they're not, they're not able to engage in lending and the assets are held in bailment. So, so they're held in bailment. They're not even on the bank's balance sheet. They can't do anything with them other than what you expressly in writing uh, authorize them to do, to custody your assets. Yeah, that's so it's pure storage. I mean, they're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The pure storage. Uh, there, there are abilities for them to get express written consent to do other stuff, but by default, it's they who, can't do anything. Who would be interested in being a client of such a bank? Give us an example of an entity. Uh, Fidelity. Okay. You know, like uh, how about a how about a Bitcoin ETF? Because right now we don't have a way to have a a, a qualified custodian. Uh, but these digital asset banks could be qualified custodians. And guess what? Being a, being a, a, a trust company, that's not going to work because you can't be a trust company and a money transmitter at the same time. So like, that's just a bad legal strategy that's trying to hack around the system when really what you have to do is change the fundamental laws that are authorizing the different behavior, which is what we've done in Wyoming instead of trying to bolt on some like half-baked idea like a bit license. Ooh, nice shot at New York there, man. Pound that like button. Now, we're talking about uh, different uh, locations here, Wyoming, New York. Uh, any take? Do you have any opinion on what's going on in Hong Kong and what's going on in Argentina? <laughs> well, uh, Argentina is doing what they, what they like to do on a regular basis. I'm sure they're out in the streets banging their pots and pans. Uh, I mean, yeah, what a disaster. Everything's crashed there. They're... they're um, yeah, and I'd be worried if I had any capital down there because you know they're just gonna they're just gonna destroy it all. Like well, they'll vote, they'll vote in a new government that may confiscate. Who knows? Right. That's that's what they're doing. Um, and then Hong Kong, you know, Hong Kong's much more interesting. When I was in college, I, I'd spent uh, a couple months on a study abroad in Asia, and we spent a month in China. And I remember the person telling us like. You know, we were out in the middle of nowhere in backwoods China, and he's like, this is past China. And then we were in Beijing, and he's like, this is present China. And then we were in Hong Kong, and this is future China. Oh, God. And so, like, I think what we're seeing in Hong Kong is, oh, man, I mean, it's future China. And, I mean, what are they going to do? Are they going to crack down and, and kill a bunch of people? Because... I mean, nobody, nobody's trying to immigrate to China. They're all trying to immigrate away from China. And, and they're, nobody's trying to invest capital into China. They're all trying to get their capital to escape China. And so, like, how, how, do, you, how do you become a, an economy and encourage investment of both human capital and, 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 and financial capital if you don't have freedoms of speech and freedoms of protest and the ability to change uh, governments peacefully, yet 
because like in China, you couldn't do Obama to Trump. Like that, that's not in the political reality. You know what's in the political reality is 20 to 30 million dead people after a revolution. That's the only way to change the political system in China. And so like, is that what's gonna happen in Hong Kong? Because I mean, th those protests are gargantuan. They are massive. Uh, and, and that's just tiny little Hong Kong. And I mean, we, we already saw uh, Arthur Hayes, you know, CEO of BitMEX, you know, a few weeks ago, he went on vacation for a month. He just left Hong Kong. You know, he's renting the most expensive real estate in the entire city for BitMEX. And he decided to leave. You know, I mean, if, if you're a company, why don't you relocate from Hong Kong to Singapore? I think some will. <laughs> Be, because, because the political risk is now increased, right? Yeah. So, so, you know, Hong Kong, this is a very, <clears throat> I think this is kind of a very uh, scary portent, not just for what's going to happen in Hong Kong, because, you know, the, it looks like the Chinese military is massing vehicles to go out and, and just kill a lot of people or otherwise imprison them or whatever. And, you know, that's the price of freedom. You know, in the U.S., we had a, we had a, uh, you know, we had the constitutional revolution about that. Freedom isn't free. I mean, it costs blood and it costs lives, you know, like D-Day. And uh, I mean, it's like, you don't just have freedom, like, you know, and you don't just get to free ride off other people's freedom. So if the Chinese people want freedom and they want a good future, then they're going to have to stand up and claim it. Otherwise, they're going to continue to get milked and made into meat in ever more brutal, ever more uh, significant ways, uh, you know, look at their credit scoring system and their facial recognition and all the travel restrictions. Like, you know, they're, oof. I mean, it, I, I, I see Hong Kong is just, it's the, the boiling of, of, of China. And China itself is also, you know, doing this, going to have a lot of unrest, I think, especially... <laughs> with all the economic issues. What's your advice to the people of Hong Kong right now? Get, change, your, change your wealth into Bitcoin, get the heck out of there? Or? Yeah, I think that's a great, I, why are you still there? You know, I mean, it's, it's, like the, it's like the Jews in Holland or France in 1840. Like, why didn't you leave? Because it was their home. They thought it was their home. <laughs> Whoops. Whoops, now, now you're dead. Yeah, I mean, right. Ga game over now. No, well, I, I, I will say this: the Chinese are somewhat practical. The, the Chinese government leadership is is practical. Um, I think I don't think they're about to wipe them all out in Hong Kong. There might be some. Sh they'll try to get away with as little as just. I don't think they want a lot of bloodshed. That's not a. That's not a good. Uh, that's not a good look. And I think from what yeah, I've but heard, it's never bothered them. I think that the older people in Hong Kong are, are, are saying, well, it's the students that are protesting, it'll end and everything will go back to normal. And uh, I, I think the Chinese might, they might uh, issue uh, some, they might show some strength in order to just squash it for now and just hope the people forget about it. I think that's their- Oh, like, like Tiananmen Square? No, I mean, all, all that does is generate blowback, right? Like, like it, <laughs> you, you can't do that in the information age yeah. everybody's watching hong kong like and and all these people from mainland china they're traveling they're they get outside of china they start learning all this stuff you know like i mean china's gonna have to figure out a way to govern where they have more consent from the people well i think that i think the people are somewhat happy with the situation because they are getting stuff i mean they're their qualities of life in terms of what they now own in the mainland, at least, is much better than the old day. I mean, uh, the, the biggest source of like metal, uh, uh, use of metal over the last few years is for cars built for Chinese or something like that, I heard. Well, well yeah, but, but since Trump took office and the tariffs, the net worth between China and the US has, has changed $17 trillion in the US's favor. And and Trump's just getting started bringing the bringing the money home from outside the U.S. But the question is how to have a revolution. The people have to be very angry, very dissatisfied with the situation. And from what I've heard, like 
as long as the Hong Kong people think they still have like a free market um, and they're still able to make money, I, I think they'll, unfortunately, they'll give in to the credit system or whatever China, China tries to enforce on top of them. But again, some people will leave. Some people will leave. I, I, yeah, I, but I mean, that's the thing. Like they, they have these massive protests going on. Yeah, like, I mean, they start killing people. It's just going to be more blowback. Like they're not gonna, they're not gonna get the will of the, the. You don't get the will of the people that way. Like the U.S., the U.S. is a country of immigrants. Like everybody here is here for a, an idea, of you know, it's the only country that was built that way. China's been, China's got like sixty different ethnicities and languages. It's cobbled together. It's hugely, widely disparate. Like it's hard to keep China together. There's fifty, sixty thousand riots every year in China political riots yes. because because i mean it's just they rule by brute force not by consent and so like it's always a very tenuous position that they're in and then when the economic situation gets bad with 30 trillion plus of bad debt in their banking system and state-owned enterprises and the inability to do economic calculation because they have politics and all of their and all of their decision making in the economy they just misallocate wealth on a massive way. Uh, you know, that, as, that can work while they're being subsidized by the U.S. But now that we have a much more nationalistic president in the U.S. that's bringing the money home and not taking it anymore, you know, because he'd rather, he'd rather bring the money back home to Iowa or Pennsylvania instead of shipping it to, to you know, Chongqing and Wuhan, like... You know, they're going to have to figure out how to generate wealth on their own. And that's the problem is they don't have the tools to do that because they don't have economic calculation and a market-based economy and freedom of speech and property rights and all this stuff that the U.S. has. They've largely just been a parasite on the U.S.'s rule of law. No, for real. Uh, and I want to – these horrifying scenarios that we were talking about, of the fall of China and what China might have to do – this is a reason to own Bitcoin, people, especially if you're in China or Hong Kong. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I feel bad for the Chinese people, but like, you need to change all your wealth into Bitcoin and get out of the country, like, because yes. China, because 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 China is not very sustainable. There you go, people. That is uh, something. Again, I don't wish this doom and gloom scenario onto anyone, but it is something to seriously consider. It is, uh, things are looking not so good, definitely in Hong Kong right now. Again, I'm going to have somebody on from Hong Kong uh, eventually. And so I, I, I'll, I'll, we'll get into more depth on this on, on a future show. But yeah, I, but, it, but, it, but it's not like they'll, they'll tell you what they really think because they're scared of the political ramifications of doing so because they don't have freedom of speech there. Well, I'm going to have a guy who uh, is not originally from there who, who lives there. So he might be able to, he's, he probably can escape there a lot. He's not as... Uh, anchor down there as as I wouldn't if I was in Hong Kong I would not be uh, I'd be getting rid of some of those things holding me back I wouldn't be like like oh if I lose my apartment I'm I'm doomed uh, no don't don't have your wealth if, if the majority of your wealth is in real estate in Hong Kong and like if things get bad and you like feel like you can't leave your real estate that, that's a bad situation that's why you got to get in the big Bitcoin is the asset that you could take with you in such a horrifying type of yeah like like if you're gonna get on a on a plane and go somewhere how do you maintain your standard of living right like you need to have a plan b orange coin go up right <laughs> yeah and i do i hope uh, uh this this again these protests have been going on for a while uh I, one would think that more and more hong kong people are at least exploring uh exploring bitcoin i i should i should hope and, yeah i mean uh, it's I don't, to watch. I don't wish this upon any, any people, some, some massive Tiananmen Square type of situation. And God forbid if something like that does happen, it w unfortunately, uh, it will help Bitcoin. Well, it, I mean, it is happening. Like they're, they're beating their own citizens. They're firing tear gas at them. They're maiming them, you know, taking their eyes out. Yeah, but like, the next level, the next level of violence. Uh, well, how, how bad's it got to get? Well, the Tiananmen Square, when you're being mowed down by uh, <laughs> being mowed down by tanks rolling over. Well, they're, well, they're they're massing the tanks right now on the. Well, it might, it's, it's a show of force. It's a it's a show. It's a show. They might they'll probably they're, back down. 
they're they're not they're not going to show the force unless they intend to use it and why would why would they back down they like to i mean you get you get people in these positions of power they like to kill people well if the protesters stop protesting and say okay we we like these extradition laws that you have we're fine with them now or something i mean they, they, if the protesters give but up it, but it's still coercion it they, they aren't they aren't persuading their them to change their mind no they're, they're not. forcing them to change their mind yeah, I mean, well, and that has anytime you force someone to do anything you get blowback that's the way it works over i mean that's that's how china gets things done and well the blowback they'll hold in their blowback for it'll come back again i guess in, in the future um, but because I, uh, I, I just hope I, I'm trying to be, uh, I'm trying to look on the bright side here. I don't want this. I definitely don't want this. I was there two years ago. I mean, it was, it's, it's a normal, it's very normal place. It's a very, it's so, it's very free market and everything. And, uh, well, apparently, apparently because that's why they're having massive protests and are massing a bunch of military vehicles to go mow people down. It's obviously a very good place to go visit and has good freedom of speech and business going on there. Yeah. Well, we'll see, right. We'll, yeah. Yeah. We'll see what happens here. I, uh, uh, people will look back on this video. Let's hope, <laughs> let's hope for the best and people in Hong Kong get Bitcoin. All right, I want to I want to leave it on a positive note though. Definitely, you said something uh, beforehand about altcoins. You have no problem making money off of the altcoins, um, and you mentioned specifically your investment in Kraken. But right. another thing that you're known for is you and and I just want to put this out there because there are a lot of people who are like, oh, these forks, these airdrops, they're horrible. They're taking away from Bitcoin and. Uh, for me, it's just it's free money on the table. They're they're giving it to me. I'm going to turn it into Bitcoin. And you, yeah. just, on the last show, you said because you really know how to take care of your private key, you got like some of the worst of the worst of those crypto dividends and turned them into Bitcoin. So uh, I mean, you're the biggest Bitcoin guy out there. Hey, you let's have, more you, forks the better, man. <laughs> I want I want another I want another uh, Bitmain funded uh, Bitcoin Cash. Like that thing was great. <laughs> I mean, what do you have to say to the people who say it's just inflating the supply of Bitcoin? <laughs> or it's, 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 it's taking, it's living off the name of Bitcoin. It's watering down the name of Bitcoin. Uh, apparently, they ha apparently they haven't tasted selling, selling them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, I mean, the more of these forks, the, the slimier the flagpole gets to try and challenge Bitcoin's dominant position. I mean, if, if, you, have to, if, you, if you have to deceive people by uh, relying, by trying to, to, to get them to buy something that they're not completely aware of what they're buying, you know, like buying a coin B saying it's the real Bitcoin instead of, you know, just coin A, which everybody knows is the real bitcoin like you don't have very strong hodlers of your of your asset and so like you know all the better like try and copy those bitcoin network effects you know go fight with hodlers of last resort like bring it, it is you know amazing. it's great again trace and i are saying if they're going to give us free money we're going to turn it in we're going to turn it into bitcoin and we're not saying buy these things they're giving it to us for free do you leave free money on the table i mean this is uh it's it's not hurting bitcoin it's again it's making uh the, the flagpole more slippery <laughs> hang on it says uh yeah and i mean the yeah the bit the bitcoin blockchain like each satoshi is is a parcel of land that we're taking in this economic war like if i can use their their forks to acquire more territory all the better. Exactly. Exactly. All right, dudes. Uh, Trace, uh, check him. He's linked to below. Follow him on Twitter. Pound that like button. His uh, website's going to be linked to below. Any conclusionary remarks? Uh, you want to tell people anything that got left out? No, it's great. Thanks for having me. Uh, wish everybody the best. Make sure that your own personal situation safe and secure. You don't want to be in something like Hong Kong for real. Uh, and, you know, just Twitter at Trace Mayer and Bitcoin Knowledge Podcast, www.bitcoin.kn. Thanks so much for having me on. All right. And uh, this, what's it? January the 3rd, 2020. Proof, proof of Keys. Proof of Keys, guys. Start spreading the word now. Everyone watching this, let's bring down some of these fraudulent exchanges 
and teach people to control their own private keys for God's sakes. It's going to be 2020. You should have learned by now. All right, everybody. I'm at, thank you, Trace, for being off and returning. I am Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, Disrupt Meister. Remember to subscribe to the channel, like this video, share this video. Check out the links below. The This Week in Bitcoin show is every Friday. I do a new show here every single day. Saturday is the Beyond Bitcoin show. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye.